another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and today I'm doing a solo pod. That's right, a solo pod. There is no Reese, aka the Reese incarnate Bach Lesnar. He is doing puppy training. Um, for those of you that do not know, Reese and his wife, Noelle, have just purchased or have brought into their life a new puppy, which is great. I mean, Reese went from the studio apartment to then having a two-bedroom apartment, and now they are adding the dog. I will let him give all the details next week about his dog, um, but there's a lot that goes into it. I'm sure all of you at one point had a puppy, or maybe if you did not have a puppy, there there's a lot that goes into it. So um, Reese and I had a lot of stuff going on today. Uh, today was supposed to be our draft on drafts live podcast with a bunch of our buddies to then talk about instant reactions to their um, to the teams that they are fans of uh, but I actually just finished a rehearsal I am singing a Cenerentola which is Cinderella in Italian I'm doing an opera here in Syracuse New York with Syracuse Opera and I had a rehearsal until 10 30 Eastern time which was basically like towards the end of the draft so Reese was going to have to hold the fort down uh, but then Reese had to be on puppy duty and they are trying to train the dog to sleep at a certain time and that was going to be very difficult especially if we're going through some Chiefs hot takes uh, because it's not going to be very quiet in this uh, hotel room that I'm in right now, which is lovely, by the way, the Parkview Hotel in Syracuse, New York. I highly recommend. Um, I'm having a great time out here in New York, about to have the show. The show happens on Sunday for those of you in New York. Come on down to Syracuse. We're doing Cenerentola at the Coors Heinz Theater and not Coors as in like the beer Coors. Uh, Actually, Coors. Sorry, I actually don't even know how to say it, but C-O-U-R-S-E Heinz H-I-N-D-S theater here in Syracuse. It's going to be a great time. Uh, But this podcast is going to be a really great time because I have a lot of takes. I have a lot of things to tell you. So in real time for me right now, it is almost 1230 a.m. on uh, now, I guess it's Friday today. Uh, So the first round of the NFL draft has just happened. There are instant reactions happening on ESPN and on the radio. But today you're going to get Hot Take Mondo's instant reaction to the NFL draft, particularly about the Chiefs and what we did today. A lot of great stuff, but a lot to get into. But before we do that, please follow us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook at Found City SM. We are also on Instagram at Found City SM. We are now on TikTok at Found City SM as well. We're on Twitter. I I keep it pretty... uh, uh, pretty live on Twitter. I love talking with uh, Arrowhead Live and um, who else? Maddie Lane and um, Joshua Briscoe. I always comment and try to try to ruffle some feathers there. Not with them particularly, but with the comments there and all the like blog boys on on Twitter. It's a really fun time. So please check out our Twitter. That's great. And last but not least, please donate on Patreon. Again, the reason I do this out of the kindness of our hearts, but we do it just because we have a lot of fun. Um, and we are already at 101 episodes. I think even more 
more than that by now, actually, uh, because Reese has put out his fast and furious reaction pod. Um, so because of that, we would ask you, if you enjoy this podcast, you listen to it every week, we'd ask that you please donate $2 a month to our podcast. Look, Netflix is coming after you, all right? I don't know if you've heard, but Netflix is is about to do a crackdown on people that are using multiple passwords. Well, you know what? Go ahead and donate on Patreon, and when you get the exclusive content from Patreon, we don't care. Go ahead and share it to your friends. Share it to your high school reunion buddies. Share it to the milkman. Share it, dude. People even have milkmen anymore. I'm not even sure. But go ahead. We're not like Netflix. We're not going to crack down if you if you spend $2 a month and get all the exclusive content from our Patreon account, like our beer interviews, like secret episodes, like season zero, a lot of great stuff in there. I always forget. We talked about the, the, the uh, Jordan documentary, The Last Dance on there, and it's actually one of... One of my favorite things that we've done on this podcast. So absolutely spend $2 a month. You spend $3 a day on Starbucks. You spend $3 a day on who even knows. You go to the arcade bar and you uh, play those overpriced NFL Blitz NBA on NBC games for like $3 a quarter. So our three, yeah, $3 a quarter. So Donate to us, $2 a month. It's nothing, and we really appreciate support. Um, even if you cannot donate and that's too much for you, which we understand, um, tough times right now, at least download the podcast on all podcast platforms. That's Spotify, that's Apple Music, Apple Podcast, uh, that's Stitcher, and all the podcasts that you can find. At least download it. Go ahead and give us a comment on Apple Music as well. If you give us a review, we will read it live on air, no matter how good or how bad it is. Hey, if you say, Armando, your hot takes are just way too hot. Hey, the things you're talking about, about Trent McDuffie or George Karloftis, it's way too much for us, man. We want to have our celebration, but we will read all of that on live air. So please, please donate. We have some great Patreon fans with us that have been donating constantly for almost, geez, two years now that we've been doing this podcast, 101 episodes, and we are we are rolling. Every week we have something for you, even though Reese is with this puppy, making sure that puppy's not barking, and it's in its crate and having a good time. I am here. I am ready. I am two Miller High Lifes deep. I am two Hot Pocket deep, and two different Hot Pockets, too. I had one um, meatball mozzarella, and then I just had one uh, Philly cheesesteak hot pocket from the corner store. It's actually pretty good. Um, and I'm also a whole bag of Lay's, uh, what was this? Uh, the barbecue Lay's in too. Because after a performance, I'll tell you, if, if you're not a performer, when you do three hours of singing, the only thing you want to do is binge eat and binge drink. Like it takes so much out of you. Um, it's funny because like, a, a, a performer's life is typically you are not nine to five, right? You, if, if you're in rehearsal, you're like two to five and then seven to 10 PM. And when it's tech week right now, you're just in the evenings, but you go from like six 30 to about 1130 PM. 
Um, so again, just got home a little while ago. It is 1230 right now. I'm rolling. I love being an artist and I love being a podcaster for Found City Sports Media. So here we go. Before we talk about the Chiefs, let's give you a rundown on the hottest topics today in the NFL draft. And the first thing that happened, congrats to David, one of our listeners and one of the people in our Found City Sports Media um, text chain. The Eagles got A.J. Brown, wide receiver from the Tennessee Titans, for the 18th pick and the 101st pick. Not only that, but the Eagles and A.J. Brown agreed to a four-year, $100 million deal. Oh, boy. Well, look, I don't know what the cap space is for the Eagles. Uh, I know that they are a relatively young team, so I think the four-year, $100 million might work for the Eagles' cap hit, especially because they have a young guy in Jalen Hurts. And they also have their young guy in Devontae Smith. Not only that, they actually just signed Devin Allen from Oregon, who actually hasn't played football in the past three years, but he is a track star, a national champion, a U.S. Olympian, and also a former classmate of mine. Now, now uh, I'm going to preface this. We were not in the same class like senior, but when I was a senior, Devin Allen was a freshman at the school I went to, bro. College Preparatory in Phoenix, Arizona, and that dude is a stud, by the way, but this is not a podcast about Devin Allen, Um, but anyway, Jalen Hurts has gotten a big upgrade from only having Devontae Smith to now having A.J. Brown. I would put A.J. Brown, I don't know, top eight, top ten wide receiver in the NFL. He is such a freak athlete. You know, I don't think A.J. Brown gets a lot of credit for the things that he does in the field. I liken him to DeAndre Hopkins. I liken him to, like, Megatron, even though he doesn't have that particular size. He plays as though he has that larger-than-life size. He's got great speed. He's got great one-on-one. He can play press against a press man coverage I mean I love AJ Brown so so our local Phillies fan who is also a fan of fancy sports media David got a great pick in um in AJ Brown I know some people on Chiefs Twitter are complaining look Chiefs Twitter I don't know if we were going to be able to grab someone for four years, $100 million right now, especially with what Brett Veach is doing. And we'll talk a little later about what I think he's doing with this offense. I think it's safe to say we're not going after a stud anymore. It's safe to say we are out of the Debo Samuel realm. We are out of, I don't even know who is left right now. But if you're a Chiefs fan out there, I want you to cool the brakes on trying to get this wide receiver one um, that is supposed to surpass Juju Smith-Schuster and be this elite receiver to replace Tyreek Hill. Again, I don't think people understand that Andy Reid and Brett Veach are not trying to replace Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill, and this is something that uh, referees was saying, and I kind of agree with him, is... Tyree Kill was a safety blanket for Patrick Mahomes and for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So when things didn't work out with Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Travis Kelsey was double covered. He had two or three edge defenders coming at him. He can just chuck it down the field and Tyree Kill would be there. Okay, but that doesn't win championships. That wins maybe one playoff game. That wins multiple regular season games. When it comes down to a championship, a Super Bowl 
championship. Teams like the Buccaneers, teams like the Bills, teams like the Packers. Those mistakes will not happen in those high-pressure situations. These teams know the Chiefs really well. They will scheme against them incredibly well, and it's really hard to just go, eh, F it, Tyreek Hill's down there somewhere. You can only do that so many times. So I'm sorry, Kansas City fans. We cannot grab someone else and say, well, uh, DK Metcalf is down there somewhere. Um, I don't even know who else is on the market. Tyler Lockett is down there somewhere. No, we need to have a spread offense, and that is what Brett Veach and Andy Reid are going for. So I think we were always out of the running for A.J. Brown. I think we were always out of the running for Debo Samuel as well. And we can go a little later into what happened in this first round. Um, a lot of shockers, I think. Um, I knew wide receiver was going to be highly coveted, but boy, I did not think it was going to be this bad. I mean, this was this was an absolute decimation of just so many wide receivers going very early. And I'm not sure that the Chiefs had any chance of moving up this high for all these. Like, like I'm just looking, Traylon Burks went 18. I thought Traylon Burks was going to fall the way down to like 26, 27 or even 28 to the Packers. Um, so that was not great for us if we were looking for that perennial guy like a like a Jamison Williams or someone like that. Anyway, I digress and we're going to go back to this anyway. So good job, David. You got A.J. Brown. Woo freaking who. Okay, and then we have, just to make fun of my brother, um, Andrew, a.k.a. Uncle Drew is what we call him. The Cardinals trade their first round pick for Marquise Brown? What? Okay. Just a really quick thing. I mean, we don't really have to talk about this. I just think it's hilarious. So, Kyler Murray puts up a fit so that he needs more help on offense. But what he really needs help is he needs help on offensive tackle. And there were many offensive tackles that could have been taken before um, the Cardinals pick, right? Tyler Smith from Tulsa goes 24. Uh, where else? Uh, Trevor Penning went 19 to the Saints. A lot of these players that could have that the Cardinals could have bolstered their offensive line to help Kyler Murray. Instead, they go, Nah, dude, we got you. We're gonna trade. <laughs> We're gonna trade our first round pick, even though Traylon Burks is still on, even though Sky Moore is still there. George Pickens, I can go on. I think even Jahad Dodson was still there. No, actually, I think he went pretty early. Um, but you get four guys there, and you go, Ah, eh, screw it. We can get Hollywood Brown. Okay. Okay, Hollywood Brown coming out of college was excellent. One of the perennial wide receivers in college football. But then you have him paired up with Lamar Jackson. Now, you all know that I don't like Lamar Jackson. Not my favorite player. And I don't really even count him as a quarterback. I mean, awful accuracy, awful arm, not my favorite. But even him, like... I don't know if he had over a thousand yards once in a season with Lamar Jackson. I'm going to bet that he did not. He did have some good seasons with, I think last year, um, Hollywood Brown actually did formidable with Lamar Jackson. But it's not promising that Lamar Jackson or the Baltimore Ravens decide to, to leave Marquise Brown and give him to the Cardinals and don't give Lamar any of these weapons. I think that says more about Hollywood Brown than it does the Ravens. So I'm not putting a lot of stock into this. Of course, Hollywood Brown is not going to be wide receiver one. Of course, that is DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, 
Uh, maybe not even of course, but I'd say, you know, Marquise Brown is a little bit better than Christian Kirk. But so do they upgrade from Christian Kirk? Sure, they do. Um, I'm just not sure whether this is a huge deal for the Cardinals. You give up a first round pick for like Debo Samuel. You give up a first round pick for AJ Brown. You give up a first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Do you give up a first round pick for Marquise Brown, who's never been to a Pro Bowl? Uh, well, I guess you just did. So good luck, Cardinals. This is why I'm not a Cardinals fan. Again, I'm from Arizona. Well, I'm not really from Arizona. I grew up in Arizona, uh, but I never watched the Cardinals. I never really watched football until I went to Kansas City, and that's why I love Kansas City. Glad I'm not a Cardinals fan today because I would be furious that I gave up on a first-round pick with so much talent on the board. Speaking about talent, um, The Jags go with Trayvon Walker as their first pick. Now, this came as a surprise to me about a week ago when I started hearing rumors about Trayvon Walker. And then Vegas solidified this for me when they had the odds for Trayvon Walker. I think it was like minus 200. Trayvon Walker goes number one to the Jags. Again, Vegas never loses. So when Vegas tells you someone is going to be the first round pick, they are going to be the first round pick. So Trayvon Walker goes number one. Let's talk a little bit about Trayvon. So Trayvon is from Georgia. Uh, He's 6'5", 272 pounds. Uh, Last season, he had uh, 33 tackles, only six sacks. Right, we'll see about we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, he was a five-star recruit in high school, just an absolute stud. His strengths: uh, Walker's probably the like f- most freakish edge rusher in this class, and has a lot of potential, which is why he went number one and not uh, Hutchinson. He's very explosive off the ball. He's one of the quicker first steps in the class as well. Um, his length is also really impressive. Allows him to control the ball. Very good against blockers as well. He's very powerful with an excellent grip and strength. He uses his quick slip off the blocks. So even though he has all that, um, again, his upside is is extreme. Um, he is a major risk, which is why I was very surprised that he went number one. So he was rarely asked to, you know, pin his ears back and, and rush in college. He was more used in like a, a two gap, three tech or five tech. So that's great for college, but not necessarily great for NFL production. You know, you want someone like uh, Micah Parsons. You want someone that can really pin their ears back and really rush, uh, rush. So he seemed he's not a project but just where he succeeded just doesn't seem like it's going to necessarily translate to the nfl uh but again i am just a kansas city fan for kansas city fans i am not getting paid to do this i am not you know i haven't looked at a ton of trayvon walker film so good for the jags but definitely a surprise for me that uh trayvon walker goes number one aj hudson adrian hudson goes number two to the Lions. Now, before we talk about the Chiefs, I just want to say the big winner for me and the big winner for the last couple years, the New York Jets. You know, even though the New York Jets are doing very well and haven't done well and and, and Zach Wilson did not look great last year, um, they're working around this guy and they're really trying to make it work with him. Last year's draft I thought was great. A couple of guys from USC. I'm a USC guy, so I, I love the picks that they made. And then this year... A plus after A plus after A plus. With their first pick, they picked 
the best corner in the draft and and could be a pro bowler for years to come Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati uh, they also picked for their uh, for their second pick in the first in the first round I believe number 10 uh, was Garrett Wilson and Garrett Wilson for most people is actually the the first and number one on most people's wide receiver big boards Drake London if he did not have the injuries would probably be number one in the draft when it comes to wide receivers um, but Wilson without those injuries explosive uh, incredibly fast can play anywhere on the field he would have been great for the Chiefs I'm telling you but uh, but having Garrett Wilson there with Zach Wilson uh, look at that Wilson to Wilson I know we're going to hear that a lot Ugh, but that is a great pickup for the Jets and I I, I look forward to Zach uh, Zach Wilson's success I will say like in college when I saw his his um his game script his um his film that dude can sling the ball um not to say that he's Patrick Mahomes or will ever be Patrick Mahomes but when he is playing at his peak the way that he rolls left right and then throws to the opposite side is things that I've only seen Patrick Mahomes do and of course Aaron Rodgers um so if Zach Wilson can keep that going and now that he has a Garrett Wilson we'll see if he can expand and maybe not into a superstar next year but um a very good project for the Jets and just great 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 depth this leads into my my Kansas City point the Jets trade down or sorry trade up for Jermaine Johnson they sent a second third and a fifth for Jermaine Johnson who I think uh, don't quote me on this but fell to around the 25 range which is absolutely ridiculous that Jermaine Johnson fell that low Jermaine Johnson to me um, in, on my big board was number four when it comes to edge rushers and Jermaine Johnson has the potential to be the best edge rusher in this class. And that's saying a lot, ladies and gentlemen, because we have Hutchinson, we have Trayvon Walker, and we have Kalen Thibodeau that went before him. But Jermaine Johnson has streaks of Micah Parsons to me. And when I saw he dipped this low, I was like, my goodness, imagine if the Chiefs had the opportunity to get a guy like Jermaine Johnson. Before I segue into the Chiefs, though, Jets, A+. Congratulations, that was an excellent first round. Now, going back to the Chiefs, I'm thinking, boy, what if the Chiefs had an opportunity to get Jermaine Johnson? Oh, wait, just coming in. The Chiefs did have the opportunity to get Jermaine Johnson? But we traded up for someone not named Jermaine Johnson? Are you freaking kidding me? So we get Trent McDuffie at the 21st pick for 29. 94 and 121 which goes to the paths all right a lot to break down here my instant reaction is why the bleep did we not trade up for jermaine johnson listen would you rather have i don't even know if trent mcduffie's gonna be elite but would you rather have a pro bowler cornerback for the next 10 years or would you rather have a bona fide edge rusher 
for the next decade. Again, this league is predicated on front four, and Brett Veach knows that because last year he spent time filling up our front four on the offensive side, and it worked extremely well, right? We formulated this whole new offensive line that is now elite and one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Okay, now going to the defensive line, why don't you do the same? Because what was our biggest issue last year? Oh, yeah, not getting pressure on the quarterback. Frank Clark, no pressure. Chris Jones, pressure, but in the interior, on the outside. Who was there? No one. No one. I mean, well, of course, we had Melvin Ingram. Looks like we're not going to get Melvin back. And Melvin produced towards the end of the year. But when we didn't have him, it was a disaster. We were losing games that we should never have lost, and we lose them solely because of the edge. Imagine imagine not having that problem. Imagine saying, look, I'm going to get one of the best edge receivers in the 2022 draft and, sorry, I said receivers, edge rushers in the 2022 draft. And this is a stacked draft, and you're getting one of the most elite of them. And you're getting a guy that can be there for 10 years. That you don't have to think about stupid games like losing to the Ravens, like losing to the Chargers, like losing to, I don't even know who we lost to in the beginning of the year, but it really pissed me off. And nine times out of ten is because we could not get to the quarterback. Yes, cornerback is a need, is a big need for us. Oh, hold on. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the Pat McAfee show and... Aaron Rodgers saying he's surprised by the Devontae Adams deal. I think this is the first time he's talking about it. By the way, the Packers did not go wide receiver. I'm going to have to text it to my friends. Anyway, going back to what I was saying. We have the opportunity to get a, maybe not legendary guy, but but someone where we don't have to think about that position anymore. You know, we, we put Jermaine Johnson on the edge and then maybe put a veteran on the other side of the edge. Maybe do something like that. For the next decade. Fine. That's great. That's very good. Help that front four. You know, maybe if we get a Jermaine Johnson, we put him up with Chris Jones. Um, Again, Melvin Ingram, we're not sure what's going to happen there. But, you know, by God, if we can get if we can get him. Um, having those three, it would be remarkable. It would be remarkable. We'd be competitive. I don't care who the Chargers have. I don't care who the Raiders have. I don't care who the Broncos have. Bring it on. Bring it freaking on. But we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Um, I'm upset. I was very, very pissed instantly. Instantly, that was my first thing. No matter who it was. Um, Even though it's Trent McDuffie and I actually do like Trent McDuffie a lot. um, I was instantly pissed. Now, looking at now being a little less pissed, uh, I got some Miller high life in me and cooled down a little bit from from being upset. I like Trent McDuffie. I think that was okay, fine. There may be something in Trent Duffy that Brett Veach and Andy Reid see that I do not see because I don't know why we traded up for him. Yes, he was good. He wasn't good. Excuse me. Oof. I'm burping a lot. I had a lot of hot pockets. Trent probably was not going to make it to 29. I don't mind his teammate, Kyler Gordon. Or sorry, Kyle Gordon. Fine. 29. I'm okay with that. I mean, McDuffie is much better. But I don't think that getting a guy like Kyle Kyle Gordon, 
getting a guy like Jalen Petrie, getting a guy like Elam. I think we could have traded up for him as well. Um, those guys are not too far off from Trent McDuffie. So trading 29, 94, and 121, I think that's a lot, but I am, again, I am just a Kansas City fan for Kansas City fans. Maybe there's stuff there that I don't see because I'm not an expert, or maybe they had a great interview with him. Maybe, you know, he's the guy. Maybe he's a locker room guy. Maybe he's going to be the next Tyron Matthew. I have no idea. I have no idea, but here's the things that I do know about Trent McDuffie. All right, this dude can tackle. This dude has heart. This dude has motor. And these are exactly the things that we need on this Kansas City Chiefs defense. So I, I'm, I'm just going to like give you the, the pros of what I like about McDuffie. And then I'll give you the grade on what I thought about the trade. Because look, I'm trying to be positive here. I, I And I honestly do like Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie is 5'11", 193 pounds, and played for Washington. I had him as my third best cor- corner. He is no Ahmad Sass Gardner. He is no um, Stingley. Uh, but he's very good. He's... Uh, he's definitely not immediately elite like that first tier, but he's definitely that second tier solid could definitely be a pro bowler in this league. Trent McDuffie. I'm sure Brett Veach thinks he's going to be elite because they would not trade all those picks for someone like him. But I'll tell you what I like about uh, Trent McDuffie. I already said tackles hard, very athletic, which is awesome. Um, Even though he's a little smaller, he's got quick feet can change direction, and he's incredibly smart. I've watched, I don't know, a half hour of film on Trent McDuffie already because with my big board, I was already looking at people that we might target. I didn't think we'd be able to reach for him, but someone that I've already looked at just because I I love Washington cornerbacks. You can go back all the way for for seasons about Washington. Washington always produces some great corners, and people want to go to Washington to develop their skills as a cornerback. So again, even though he's smaller, you you really couldn't tell in the film. Like no matter who he played, no matter how big they were, uh, he uses his strengths. I know some people have talked about his hand size as well, his arm size, but boy, he can still get up there. He can break up the ball. He hits hard. And he also, here's something that is actually really interesting, I think, for Chiefs fans. So like when he plays press man technique, he shows his hands, he shows his feet that are really in sync, making it easy to disrupt those receivers at the line of scrimmage. But he also shines at route identification ability from zone or in off coverage. So he is very versatile when it comes to, you know, what you what Trent McDuffie will see in the NFL. He can adjust on the fly he can read what is about to happen. That is going to be very important without Tyron Matthew. Again, he was kind of the guy calling the plays, calling the shots, telling people where to go. I foresee Trent McDuffie is going to take that type of role. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyron Matthew, but he's going to be the type of guy that is going to help that secondary when it comes to identifying what is happening, what's going on, how to help, uh, where people should be, where, where they should be in positions, and that's very important because we don't have that right now. We don't have that in Willie Gay. I think eventually we will have it in in. 
Nick Bolton, but not right now, right? So I think Trent McDuffie comes in here. He's going to have a leadership. He's going to have an IQ. He's going to have an athleticism. athleticism, And this dude's going to tackle hard. I mean, Sneed, McDuffie, uh, there is like that that one-two punch in in corner in the secondary is going to be excellent. And you know, Fenton's not too bad either. Fenton's really grown in that position. And it was very important for us to go cornerback or safety because of what the AFC West offers right now. Right? You got uh, you got Darren Waller. You got Devontae Adams. You got all those speedy guys in Denver. You got Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen. So many deep threats for the Kansas City Chiefs for six straight weeks. It's very important that we got a guy like McDuffie. Again, my argument is like, did we have to trade up for him? I don't know. We could have gotten someone that is equivalent to McDuffie or just a little less than McDuffie for better value. But this does solidify that. So bring it on, Denver Broncos. Bring it on, Las Vegas Raiders. Bring it on, Chargers, although I'm still very afraid of the Chargers. But bring it on, Chargers, because now we got a pretty solid secondary back there um, with Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie. Ooh, just hearing those names. Good Lord. And then also Justin Reed and hopefully Juan Thornhill. He's feeling good. He's feeling ready to roll. That's a very good secondary now, ladies and gentlemen. Kansas City fans, um, you should definitely be happy about, about this pick. But because we traded up and because Jermaine Johnson was still there, I'm not giving this grade an A. Although he's a good player and I love McDuffie, I'm giving it just a solid B because it was it was a position of need. We couldn't get up to get Sauce Gardner or Stingley. Um, this is the third best player we could have gotten and pretty good in that secondary. So uh, a solid B because it was a good pick, but boy, I would have loved Jermaine Johnson. And if Jermaine Johnson just blossoms in his career, I will always remember this and always give crap on this podcast because I wanted him. All right, moving on and probably ending the podcast with this. The Kansas City Chiefs pick with number 30. George Karloftis from Purdue. George Karloftis, an edge rusher. All right, so this so this pick makes the hurt from not getting Jermaine Johnson it makes the hurt a little bit easier because Karloftis as at thirty is a freaking steal, freaking steal. I mean, if you go back, go back to like Mel Kiper mock draft one through three, go back to Todd McShay one through three. You'll see Karloftis going off at so so much so as pick 10. I mean, Karloftis was this like fourth edge rusher, um, almost third best edge rusher in the class at one point. Um, he did drop off a little bit just because some other guys were just gaining speed. Jermaine Johnson, Trayvon Walker. Uh, unfortunately, David Ojabo went down. But I mean, if you think about it, it goes Hutchinson. It goes Trayvon Walker. And you could argue that Karloftis and Thibodeau are kind of one and two because of Thibodeau's inexperience and Thibodeau, you know, not really sure if he wants to do this or kind of lack of heart that he he has. At least that's what people say. Although I love Trayvon Thibodeau. George Karloftis, he dipped down. And for whatever reason, I mean, we saw the the wide receivers, like all of them going way too high. 
it was bound that someone was going to fall. It was bound that someone like Karloftis was going to fall. I mean, we were we were going to be happy that like Boye Mafia was going to be there or even Arnold Ebiketti was going to be there. Or some people were even saying Drake Jackson was going to be picked in that first round, which was a bunch of smoke. Because then you have an edge rusher like George Karloftis just falling to us, which again, like I said, could de- debatably be the fourth or fifth best edge rusher in a very good edge rushing class. So let's talk about George Karloftis. 6'4", 266 pounds, woo, from Purdue. Last year, he had 70 tackles, 17 tackles for losses, 11.5 sacks. We love to see that. And two forced fumbles. Not only that, but he stood out in the 2022 Senior Bowl. Really great to see him there. So some strengths about Karloftis. He is a powerful defensive end with probably some of the best hands in the class, I think. Uh, Very well versed in how to create separation with quick and calculated strikes. He also possesses some of the strongest hands that generate excellent power at the point of attack. You know, his first punch almost like rocks the offensive tackle off their off their socks you know as a run defender he's very tireless scrappy dude he's strong at the point of attack and he can play a bunch of different positions at the defensive front which is very important for us as Kansas City Chiefs fans you know it is good to have him there because we see a lot of that in a Spags defense you know we don't we don't see this like one position. We see a lot of hybrid happening uh, in Kansas City. So this this is this may be pretty good for us. Not only that, but he's a really smart player as well. Um, one of the weaknesses he has is doesn't have a lot of wiggle. And when we say that, right, doesn't have a lot of motion in the hips, a lot of oil in the hips, uh, kind of a stiff athlete. Um, you think of the opposite of stiff. You think of like Micah Parsons. I bring him up a lot because I love Micah Parsons. Uh, or Avon Miller, right? These are very... Um, bendy guys, right? Bendy guys that can can really do can make a lot of moves on the edge. Have a lot of different, you know, um, stance techniques that they can really beat their defender. So we'll see what happens with Carl Loftus. Not that he's a project at all. I mean, he he has a very high ceiling though. Like 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 if he fixes that, becomes a little more bendy, a little more wiggly. This this dude, you know, able to bend at the pass rush and and not be so dependent on you know who is going to be the offensive tackle or who's going to be on the inside of the tackle. Um, not so dependent on you know his athletic ability and more on his technique to see if he can he can get that bend. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. I mean, look, Karloftis, Frank Clark at his peak, Chris Jones. That's a pretty good front three there. And then we'll see who rotates in. Of course, we're going to have a lot of rotation there in, in Kansas City like we always do. Uh, but this is this is great. I give this an A. I give um, at 30, we went best available by far, and it was a and it was a position of need. So it was it was the best best player on the board, but also the position we needed the most in Kansas City. So we got two studs. We got we got two debatably top four, at least top five in their positions in round one, which is great because those are two positions of need. And I think we, we got a bingo on that. Um, going forward, I know next week we're going to talk about what happens in round two and round three, but boy, I would love for us to be aggressive and try to get a George Pickens or try to get a sky Moore. I forget who else is out there right now in wide receiver. 
But man, if we can get one of those guys or uh, Christian Watson as well, I don't know how far Christian Watson, maybe we don't even have to trade up for, maybe he's going to fall to us at, at pick 50. But it would be great to get one of those guys because if we can have a project wide receiver that already has some intangibles, the sky's the limit for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I mean, we got Ronald Jones, CEH. We don't have to rely on CEH anymore. We got someone that can help him out. We got Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS. And we know that Patrick Mahomes is going to spread the ball out and wants to spread the ball. And now he has a little more reliable receivers than Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle. And that's going to be really helpful to this team. I love what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing in and outside of this draft. I would just hope that we we take advantage. There, there's a lot of great, great wide receivers on the board still. Let's look at who is still available and who I might see drop to us at 50. All right, best available right now. You know what, Kansas City fans? David Ojabo might fall to us at 50. I'm just saying it right now. If David Ojabo, a Travis Jones, Christian Watson, Perion Winfrey, that's probably the most likely. I, I, man, if I had to put money on what happens next for the Chiefs, I'm gonna put money on two players. I'm putting money on the Chiefs drafting either Perion Winfrey, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, or John Mechie, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Now, that's assuming that like Christian Watson's off the board, Sky Moore's off the board. Uh, I forget who else. Uh, George Pickens is off the board. If those guys are off the board, I think it, it's a no-brainer. I love Mechie. I love his speed. Um, he's kind of like a Jahan Dotson light. He's like uh, Tyreek Hill 4.0. He's not Tyreek Hill at all, but like, but boy, there's, there's a lot of great stuff there with John Mechie. So I'd put money on those two guys because it would be nice to bolster that front four and just continue to build on that front four for the Kansas City Chiefs to get a Perry on Winfrey or a Travis, Travis Jones still there. Yeah, yeah, Travis Jones is still there. It'd be great to get one of those guys to really bolster that because, man, Karloftis and, and, a, and a new inside inside guy on the front four would be great for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if not, I, I, I bet we can grab Cam Thompson pretty easy on edge as well, kind of bolster the four again, like I said. But we'll see. Um, a, a really great, I would say, first round, the Chiefs get a B plus. Uh, they, get, they get a B plus from me. No one wows me. I'm not. I'm. I'm excited. I'm. I'm. Um, but I'm not like stoked, right? I, I'm. We. We didn't get a Jamison Williams. We didn't get a Derek Stingley Jr. And we. We didn't get the guys that like are gonna wow me. These are guys that I know eventually are gonna wow me. But day one, I think it's gonna take a while for Trent McDuffie to be the leader of this team, or for George Karloftis to be a huge standout. But eventually, I think they'll get there. I think they'll get there. Good picks for Kansas City. I don't know if this like bolts us into the Super Bowl con- contention. I think if we get a really solid wide receiver, I think then we can talk about, you know, where we stand in the Super Bowl, but solid. Solid, very proud of my guys. Can't wait to see what happens in day 2 and day 3. This has been a instant reaction to the draft by Hot Take Mondo. We will see you next week where we have our boys on from the Fountain City Sports Media chat and we will talk about 
who they liked from from the entire draft. We're going to break down the entire draft, go specifically into the Chiefs, but also talk about their uh, the teams that they like. I know we're going to talk Packers a lot. Packers didn't take a wide receiver. Whoops. I just dropped my microphone. But that was drop microphone worthy because LOL. Haha, <laughs> Packers. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Uh, donate on Patreon. Yay. Bye. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 